With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. In the time of coronavirus, there's no sports and you're not supposed to touch your face. Well, we're about ready to inject sports straight into your ear hole. You're listening to Can't Read, Can't Write. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write, the podcast that proves to Wolverines, Spartans can talk. I'm Mike Jones, the man powering through strep throat to put out a pod, and joined, as always, by the man who cuts together montages of him successfully completing yard work with one shining moment as the backing track, Kevin Grek. Grek, how you holding up? You, uh, you watched those, huh? <clears throat> how did you, I, uh, what did you think about this year's performance on the old, uh, on the old... <laughs> A uh, rake. <laughs> uh, look, I mean, if that just <laughs> you find pride in the weirdest places, but I get it. You need Listen, that man, pride. I need the wins where I can take them. Okay, <laughs> I appreciate yes. that. Um, yeah. So, how you doing? Not bad. Uh, yeah. Things uh, have changed significantly just from the last time we recorded a podcast, which wasn't even a week ago. Yeah, less than that. And now here we are. I I don't know about you. I'm full remote from home, not going into Mm -hmm. the office for a long, long time. Where are you at right now? Same, same. Uh, You know, I'm going to get into uh, my prepper plans here later on in the pod. Mm -hmm. But I guess uh, first we should probably say thanks, everyone, for tuning in to the latest. Uh, If you don't mind. These are trying times without sports, and I would say it's been encouraging the the interaction we've gotten from people who are listeners in the last week. So uh, share the podcast with you know Spartans in your life or mm-hmm. non Spartans. Um, give us a follow on the old Twitter machine at Spartan underscore Pod, uh, and of course, if you can, you know, do the little thing: rate, review, and subscribe to the show. Uh, it would mean a whole lot to us. And uh, it's weird, Kevin. Uh, we we have a presenting sponsor. We do. We um, still do. And you know, uh, in in solidarity uh, with with Fraser's Pub, who you know unfortunately is is not allowed to be open any longer. Uh, we are we're giving them the free plugs for as long as they are closed, uh, because uh, we think it's an amazing place, and we would love all of you as soon as is safe and practicable to get out to Fraser's Pub. Um, if you don't know, it's in Ann Arbor, Michigan, on Packard Street. has tons of TVs, a great rotating tap selection of uh, a lot of local brews, definitely kind of a craft beer place, though you can find your Labatt on tap there regularly, right? You, you're a Labatt kind of guy, right? Yeah, for sure. What's the what's the beer of the month right now? Not being uh, Bell's Lighthearted Ale. No, I'm no, one of those last, types of guys. That was too. that was last month. Uh, I did not update the copy. Um, it is currently, though, <laughs> though no longer. Not I guess at the same time, uh, is uh, Founders All Day IPA. 
uh, which would would have been great to pair with a long day of tournament watching, but no more. So anyway, we stand by our man, though. Can't read, can't write is loyal. Keep that in mind. Remember that, America. Yes. In any potential future sponsors. Uh, yes, if uh, if anyone is able to be open right now and is looking for sponsorship opportunities, I guess Carpe Diem, we're here. Give us a yeah, shout. We got spots. Um, but uh, Fraser's Pub will remain our presenting sponsor, uh, of course, and and we would really encourage folks once once life returns to normal, get out to Fraser's Pub. Uh, it's good people, and you know, unfortunately, uh, good people who are without their normal livelihood right now. So. Um, when you can get out and support your local establishments again, because those people will need it a whole lot, uh, when you get there. So, um, weird plug for a place that's not open, but, uh, we're going to, we're going to keep doing it anyway. Uh, if, if you happen to be joining us, uh, for the first time, weird time to get into the podcast, but welcome. Mm -hmm. Uh, the way we normally do things here is we, we break things down into a couple segments, uh, first is a segment we call The Green Wall, where we cover some of the headlines surrounding MSU sports from the previous week. Uh, we then go off Grand River to cover some stories that uh, are MSU adjacent or maybe you know college sports, pro sports related, um, and then tend to head your Twitter questions before wrapping things up with a preview of games in front of us. Obviously, that's not happening right now, uh, but we we will be... Uh, covering those prior segments, and of course, you will hear from Nada sponsors uh, as usual. So, Greg, you ready to get into it? Yeah, we've got. Uh, all right. So, on the outline here, usually football and basketball makes up seventy five percent of the uh, <laughs> of the entire show runtime. This week, we have two segments that we want to discuss. One for yeah. football, and then we invented something basically for basketball. So. On the football front, though, we know the salaries for this incoming staff. Yes. Um, you know, I guess it, we can probably say one other thing about recruiting in football. But yes, the, the big news is the cash bag has been itemized. And uh, I'm sure we will inevitably just rattle off some numbers for you. But uh, we, to avoid it seeming like that's what we're doing, uh, we're finding out that... Uh, they're dropping the cash bag to uh, people who um, got big raises, mm -hmm. right? Um, and have sort of set the baseline for uh, if if there should be a coaching change at some point in time. Not not a head coach, but like a vacancy in a position. <coughs> Sorry, that strep that people is not going to be pleasant. Um. But, uh, you know, we will at least have established that we're willing to pay serious dollars for high-quality position coaches who can recruit. So you want to talk about any one of them in particular? Well, uh, let's talk about the big jumps. So Scotty Hazleton and Jay Johnson both effectively doubled their salaries, right? Uh, yeah, up give or take fifty to $100,000. Flirting with the million-dollar mark on both of them. Um. Ted Gilmore gets a $100,000 raise thereabouts from Wisconsin. Ross Ells about doubles his salary up to 475000 special teams coordinator. Um, <clears throat> dudes are getting paid. Um, I am 
glad. I think the entire MSU fan base wanted to see the coordinators and the better position coaches get their money. Uh, and I think the whole fan base wanted to see Mark D'Antonio, if he was going to replace anyone spend to get big names into those, uh, positions. Now that we're getting to know these guys, I think there's a lot to be excited about here, but I do have my concerns that if things don't produce and don't produce quickly, the fan base and the media and others are going to be able to use these numbers against these guys fast. Uh, it shortens sure. the lease. The leash is my concern. Uh, yeah, sure. Uh, but I guess when you're paying that rate, I would just say, um, fine. You know, you, maybe it's okay to say you got a shorter leash. Yeah. Because if you're going to make that money, you got to perform. And And I'm approaching this with like the old MSU like mindset, fan mindset of these guys are permanent and they will never leave or be replaced. Uh, You get a little Stockholm syndrome on this. Yes, I do very much so. So it could be that, uh, you know, it's it won't be the case. It'll be a little bit more revolving and that now, you know, the entire coaching world has been been put on notice that you can come to MSU and get a, a hefty raise. Uh so this could benefit long term. Um but I I I don't think we're paying market rate for some of these guys. I think you're going a little bit over in a lot of these well, cases. So I'm a little curious, you know, one of the things that surprised me was that Scotty Hazelton, who we had to pluck from Kansas State, mm-hmm. is making less than Jay Johnson, who was, you know, by $25,000. They're both near a million dollars. So who really cares at that point in time? But I am still surprised that Jay Johnson, who I think has some of the bigger question marks about his track record, uh, is making more than Scotty Hazelton, who has far fewer question marks about his track record. And Jay Johnson was coming from a program that didn't have a head coach because Mel Tucker came to MSU. Mm-hmm. So it would have seemed to me you could have gotten him for a lot cheaper um, or, or just, you know, maybe 850 Like, it, it, it seemed like they're uh, – I don't have a problem paying. And again, mm-hmm. if he performs, zero problems here. But I was just sort of surprised that the guy who was essentially an in-house hire got that kind of a raise. What do we know about their relationship? Do we know anything? Do we know what Jay Johnson and his schemes mean to? It's it's hard to say because he hasn't been places long enough to piece anything together. Mm-hmm. Uh, the 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 nearest that you'll get is um, University University of Louisiana Lafayette, which I think is just Louisiana now, um, and that was very much you know an, an option system. Um, Mel Tucker talks about him as a guy who is multiple and will fit his offense to the personnel. Mm-hmm. We do get a sense from how Colorado was recruiting that there's some of that option offense that that has carried over because it seems that they have a preference for dual threat quarterbacks, mm-hmm. though we've certainly been making offers to athletic pro style quarterbacks as well um, in the short time that they've been offering every highly touted QB under the sun. So 
uh, there's not a lot to know, but it, it does seem that he will do his best to fit his style to the players that he has, though there is a preference for an RPO in an option-based system with sure. a mobile quarterback. So uh, the other coach I think maybe worth dialing in on is uh, our boy Will Piegler, new <laughs> running backs coach, who uh, came in at a, uh, I guess, paltry $200,000. I mean, like, why bother at that point? <laughs> uh, this is his first job as a position coach. And I feel like you, you before we started recording, you had a, a good analogy for Will Piegler being, I mean, just so much lower than everybody else on the yeah. compensation list. I mean, the man comes in from Colorado where he's a, what was he, quality control coordinator? For several uh, years, right? Just one year, um, and was the uh, director of quality control for director. the offense. Mr. Yes. Manager. Okay. Uh, it, it has the feeling to me, I don't know how things work in your organization uh, where you're employed, but I've heard many times, like, for a new hire or someone coming right out of college, like, okay, you know, we want them in at the end of the – we like the cut of their jib, you know, let's, let's throw 45 K at them. Let's throw 55 at them, you know, get them in the door, get, get some projects for them, you know, just like the base salary. Yeah. Uh, except for the, the base salary, because you're an MSU <laughs> football coach is $200,000. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. It, it, so, uh, it's spot on. Um, I mean, he, he has worked really impressive places. I will say, uh, you know, he, and it seems like based on Twitter activity and then the the way his his bio is still up on Colorado's website, um, but that he is a strong recruiter. Uh, though we we do have some some sad news for Will Piegler. Uh, yes, his, his hobbies. <laughs> the University of Colorado, Will's hobbies include working out, cooking, watching the Food Network, and exploring new foods. So unless. <laughs> <laughs> Unless Will is, uh, you know, embellishing slightly on his food taste, uh, I think he's going to be a little bit underwhelmed by the culinary options in East Lansing. There are a few good ones, but then... But there's you know, a few. Yeah, it is It is a few. So uh, hit up Urban Spoon, Will. Um, get to know what's available out there. Uh, the, the, you know, there's some good ethnic options. Uh, so I suggest you get to know those. Yeah, uh, and you know, I guess Burgerama is is some sort of new food. I guess. Yeah, Taco Thursday, pretty good actually at the Rama. Two dollars tacos, better than you would expect. All right, all Throw right. A little plug out there. Not that it matters. We'll have to remind everyone about this in five weeks or however long <laughs> it's going to be. Yeah. Uh, so one other thing, you know, the the Big Ten is essentially, you know, you pointed this out. Uh, last week, and I, I hadn't heard this yet, but the Big Ten has effectively shut down, and the NCAA effectively shut down recruiting. Mm-hmm. Uh, that didn't stop MSU from hosting a bunch of in-state recruits uh, shortly before that window closed. Uh, some really highly touted guys got offers out to most of them, had a quarterback up from Texas. Um, Great. But it does, you know... We, if there's a story to take out of this, because as we like to remind people, these are kids, they're going to make their own decisions. 
and we wish nothing but good things for them in life and in their athletic career, no matter what they do. But the the story out of this is the way that Mel Tucker has seemingly warmed the relationship with the Detroit schools, um, which we will discuss in a little bit when we talk about Curtis Blackwell. But that that is encouraging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so, although I might quietly resent the Detroit schools if indeed that uh, relationship was in need to be mended, because listen, man. Um, yeah, <laughs> we'll I, get into it. Listen, yeah. So some of your guys stepped out of line, euphemistically, to use a hell of a damn euphemism, um, and uh, things in end up great for him like i don't have i don't know what to tell you detroit schools anyway let's continue i i don't know how to walk through that minefield nope yeah you were doing a bang up job there Mm -hmm. uh um so let's talk basketball because you know uh, yeah is there anything to discuss (laughs) cash was on sports center there we go uh and the quote got pulled is I went out a champion. He did. And it, it's, you know, the thing, I, I guess the the thing to talk about here is as we get more time and perspective on what happened, that how we view this season. And I know we have a Twitter question about it uh, a little bit later on from our favorite troll, but one of the things that I'm kind of, trying to have a, a maybe analogize the situation to is what if this is football, right? You winning your conference is a huge deal in football. Mm-hmm. That, that is a, a huge accomplishment in its own right. And then you go and you play a game and, and that's, that's your season. And, and I know there are wildly different sports and we have years and years and years of a tournament that tells us that this is how we measure success. But I don't know that cash is wrong and how in, in having frankly probably a healthier perspective than any of us on how a season got cut short that the last shot he took at MSU was breaking somebody's ankles and swishing a three mm-hmm. and and s- securing a, a you know a, a Big Ten championship and uh, I can make peace with that I think you know eventually yeah I mean, yeah what option do you have. <laughs> right yes i mean it's well i mean it, the ncaa is really really screwing with my head with you know they've they've already added a year of eligibility for for spring athletes right. there's talk that they'll make it another a year of eligibility for winter athletes i'm i refuse to get my hopes up and even if they did i don't love it because i cannot imagine cassius winston's coming back for another year no um wouldn't expect him to honestly in some ways don't want him to in, in that i just you know as we as we talked about on the the special pod that people apparently were too emotionally wounded to to listen to in our regular numbers but that you know it, it was it was tough because this isn't how it's supposed to end but at the same time with college athletes it it does end we make jokes about some guys who it seems like they're out of school forever it's usually because they start performing as a freshman and then, you know, somehow get like a sixth year of eligibility because of uh, an injury or something like that. Right. But 
you know, if cash came back, it's just like at some point in time, some people move on in life. And that, that is part of college, right? That, you know, you, you stay tied to it forever, Mm -hmm. but everyone moves on. So I don't know. What what are your thoughts on granting it? Some of us decide to move back to East Lansing (laughs) and then start a sports podcast (laughs) from their house. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, what? Some of us are still Peter Panning it out here. Thank you very much. <laughs> so jealous, though. <clears throat> and uh, the other thing I'll point out is, you know, it seems like it's been an eternity since that last game. So, I mean, even though it's only been, you know, how many days? Ten? Eight, ten. Um, the distance is like, it seems so long ago at this point. So I'm happy for him. I'm glad that he was able to find some kind of closure, even if it was just for the camera there. And, yes. Uh, yep. <clears throat> yeah. Uh, I'm, I really doubt that the seniors will get a chance to come back and play again next year. But we'll find out. Yeah. Maybe they'll have the option. Yeah. It's possible. Um, so with that, I guess we should turn to our first not a sponsor. Hmm. And and this is a, a, a very timely ad. Uh, you know, in these trying times, people are rightfully concerned about cleanliness and hygiene. We're seeing disturbing stories in, in outlets like the New York Times about people hoarding hand sanitizer and attempting to price gouge consumers. Well, <clears throat> we are incredibly thankful for a bit of a returning not a sponsor. You all may remember last November when we proudly didn't partner with the Maui Jim Maui Invitational, who was planning on putting on a one-week clinic on the fine art of courtside towel wiping. Well, folks, they want to take that commitment to efficacy in the cleanliness and hygiene and bring a flair of public health to it to help every community in America. So they're taking the show on the road, and here's the plan. They're going to travel town to town, probably taking an airplane from place to place. Mass transit is eco-friendly, after all. And they will host gatherings in each town. Minimum of 50 attendees. You'll all gather together. And in close proximity, they will teach you how to effectively sanitize your home. They're so good at wiping things up, you'll be slipping and sliding across your floor in no time. So, folks, we want to thank the Maui Jim Maui Invitational Tournament and their kids' towel wiping clinic for taking their show on the road and not partnering with us once again. That's with that. great. Yeah. Now, are they sending the kids out too? the the old people bombs that are children these days? <laughs> uh, preferably 20 to 29 year olds. But yes, uh, okay. definitely, definitely the, the old people bombs. <laughs> oh. 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 Anyway, speaking of bombs, uh, there Let's head were off Grand River. Bombshells off Grand River. And this is what we teased last week. This is what the folks are here for. Yeah. Uh, so, yes, uh, last week, Curtis Blackwell, who we've covered a number of times on this podcast, filed a separate lawsuit in state court. And he made some new allegations. Indeed, he did. Uh, so. The lawsuit includes all the usual suspects, plus added Bill Beekman, the current athletic director, as a defendant. And in this lawsuit, he's alleging racial discrimination, 
more NCAA violations, which he has somehow paired to an intentional infliction of emotional distress, distress claim, breach of contract, and defamation. Kevin, these are bonkers. <laughs> <clears throat> Hasn't the contract specifically not been breached? Like when it was, uh, or is he saying there were some elements of the contract that were breached because he was forced to do an NCAA violation or be party to one or something like that? What What is the argument here? You know, so the breach of contract one is actually maybe his, as the little bit I know, maybe his best. Oh, okay. Um, so... He alleges that he was never given a chance to speak to Mark Hollis before he was suspended, despite his contract calling for that right. So that's his claim. You know, I don't know that it amounts to the damages he's ultimately seeking uh, or 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 that such a breach is, uh, you know, entitles him to recovery in any way, shape or form. Just because there's a breach of a contract doesn't make it uh you know recoverable mm-hmm. but that's his claim and you know without having the contract in front of me i will you know if you take the allegation at its face it is the most sort of succinct one that is rational okay because the rest of them are not so first let's begin why was it important that he file a new state uh, a new lawsuit in state court let's start so, there Yeah, I was actually surprised by this because um, in some places in the country, you have to bring all of your claims that center around a a common set of facts at the same time. Okay. Um, But apparently not so in Michigan uh, because he went to amend his claim in federal court to add the racial discrimination claims. And... The judge told him, uh, too bad, so sad. You need to take that to state court. You had your shot. You didn't do it. Take it somewhere else. So that's why it's in state court. Um, What's more interesting is, so actually, let's get in. We'll just start with the racial discrimination claim. Yeah. Um, And actually, one more thing. As a result of all of these claims, Blackwell is saying that he has quote, sustained injuries and damages, including but not limited to loss of earnings and earning capacity, loss of career opportunities, humiliation and embarrassment, mental and emotional distress, humiliation, anxiety, frustration, helplessness, depression, sadness, indignation, sleeplessness, embarrassment, degradation, shame, nausea, headaches, grief, dejection, misery, and physical harm, and loss of the ordinary pleasures of everyday life. Never have I. Okay, Curtis here. That reads like the end of like a prescription drug commercial. You know, it it reads like the end of a ambulance chasing plaintiff's attorney writing a complaint. That mm-hmm. and having been an ambulance chasing plaintiff's attorney at one point in my career, that's exactly how it reads. <laughs> um, it, his his lawyer is so out of his depth it's not even funny it, it's sad really that he has somehow convinced blackwell that he's the man to represent him um so racial discrimination claim uh blackwell is making the case that uh he was outed from msu uh 
after um, MSU had protected uh, Dr. Larry Nasser, who was white, for years. Um, and for years black- is in, in quotation marks. The sure, protection. Yes. Um, Blackwell is is suggesting that uh, while they hired the Jones Day law firm to investigate the sexual assault allegations in the football program, they uh, never hired investigators to look into the years-long Nasser scandal. And somehow yes. that ties back to racial discrimination. Very unclear on that one. Um, because Jones Day, the law firm that MSU hired, uh, cleared all the football staffers except Black Boyle, who didn't agree to be interviewed by lawyers, uh, it made him a fall guy. And um, uh, I, I, the he. This is another thing that he's brought up before. Sorry, I'm kind of a little disjointed here, but he claims that. Longtime MSU trustee Joel Ferguson, who is black, <clears throat> told him that uh, Blackwell would eventually take the fall because of his race. Uh, Joel Ferguson has disagreed with this and said that it's not true. He used the word bullshit to describe it. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, so this isn't necessarily proof of not racial discrimination, but it's worth knowing that the person who was hired in Curtis Blackwell's uh, position after he left, uh, Sheldon White, is African-American. That was what stuck out to me to this whole thing, is that he claimed that he was being replaced by one man in particular, which is kind of true, um, and that that one man is black. Yes. Um, also notable is that coach D'Antonio had several black, uh, assistant coaches work for him. Don Treadwell, who was an offensive coordinator, um, also coached defensive backs and wide receivers. Harlan Burnett, who coached with him for 70, actually nine, 10 years. Um, also black Ron Burton, Terrence Samuels, Paul Haynes, Ted Gill, It's, you know, maybe or maybe not D'Antonio had, you know, sufficiently diverse staff, but you can't say that it was lacking in diversity. No. Right. (laughs) So, again, that's that is not to say that these automatically excuse a claim of racial discrimination because they don't. But it is certainly circumstantial evidence that indicates that they're is not racial animus um, in, in that regard. Um, the Let's talk about the NCAA violations real quick. Yes. So as many of you may know, Curtis Blackwell recently in his federal lawsuit made a claim that there were NCAA violations, which is now subject to a hearing on whether the case gets thrown out because they may have just been salacious and not related to the actual claims he was making there. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> uh, to, to continue to stir the pot, uh, Curtis Blackwell has made an allegation of intentional infliction of emotional distress. And he's saying that the intentional infliction of emotional distress on him were... NCAA violations, particularly 
that Coach D'Antonio required MSU staffers to record the practice of another team who was not in the state of Michigan. Hmm. And the continued allegations about forcing him to go on in-home visits and uh, despite not being allowed to and and um, helping secure jobs for the parents of recruits. Oh, and also alleges, this is new, that D'Antonio regularly recruited people who were on other NCAA teams. Mm. So real quick as a primer for anyone who might care, intentional infliction of emotional distress is when someone engages um, in intentional or reckless conduct that is both extreme and outrageous and causes someone to experience severe emotional distress. When you talk about an extreme and outrageous conduct, it's got to be something that would cause a reasonable person in the community to sort of exclaim outrageous if that makes sense so i'll give you some some examples um a a defendant in a workplace circulated a cartoon depicting uh the plaintiff and a male co-worker in sexually compromising positions outrageous yes um the uh um, or uh, revenge porn is, uh, you know, when, when someone takes an intimate video and posts it in a public place, uh, that can be outrageous. <laughs> yes. Uh, you, you can appreciate, I, I, would, I mean, despite your sort of uh, stamp of outrageous, that those are really very offensive things that happened that sure. would understandably cause someone to feel emotional distress. Of course. I have a hard time believing that Curtis Blackwell was losing sleep if if Mark D'Antonio sent somebody else out to record a practice by another team and he found out about it through the water cooler. I, I don't see that rising to the level of... Outrageous! Yes. <laughs> um... But but so what he's done is he's made this claim as a way to continue to stir the pot on. Indeed. So what is next? What what do you think the next step is? I've heard conflicting theories on this. Uh, For the federal case at first, basically things are winding down and this either has to get. You know, resolved monetarily it has to get thrown out of court or it has to go to a jury trial right and that's going to be decided in the relatively near term assuming that court still goes yeah i mean that that is the question the supreme court just uh postponed all oral arguments so i don't know at what speed courts are moving right now Mm -hmm. um but we are expecting some sort of ruling on the request by d'antonio's counsel to have the case thrown out I suspect that there will be some form of sanctions and probably severe ones. I don't know if they will rise to the level of throwing a case out because that's a pretty big deal, but we'll see. Um, You don't think they'll rise to the level of throwing the case out or of disbarring the 
Well, attorney. Both, uh, disbarring the attorney would surprise me. It, they may kick the attorney off the case. That would be another option. Okay. But let the case proceed. I it, it, what they're asking for is is so high level, and the judge took it seriously enough that I'm not. I, I, it's just hard to put a um, you know sort of put a thumb on the pulse of it because it is so severe and so uncommon. So, you know, in practice, you would say, oh, yeah, that's unlikely. But this actually seems to have some facts supporting a a, a case where a judge might do this. Hmm. In the state case, it's so first of all, um, Mark D'Antonio and company have uh, 21 days to respond to the allegations in the complaint. Um. We don't know who the attorneys are going to be, if it's going to be the same attorneys or not. They haven't been retained for it, but it, you can probably assume it'll be the same attorneys. Um, my guess is, and without knowing Michigan civil, civil procedure and without boring people, is that the first thing they will do is they will attempt to say something to the effect of, Your Honor, let's assume everything he said in here is true, just for the sake of argument. Assume mm-hmm. everything he said is true. Some of these things are not um, something for which he can recover. So, for instance, the intentional infliction of emotional distress, they may well be able to just get that charge thrown out on its own. Uh, The defamation claim against Beekman and D'Antonio for for saying that the NCAA violations are false, they can probably get that one thrown out too. Mm. Um. Breach contract likely stays. Racial discrimination likely stays. Um, but that would be my first guess as to what happens. Um, and then this one's going to start playing out just like the other one. So Great. Can't wait. Uh, so this – I do have a concern that this is going to be the only uh, news story in sports. And that <laughs> yeah. this situation all of a sudden played right back into Blackwell and his attorney's hands. So – We'll see what the appetite is. Uh, fortunately, Americans have other things to worry about right now. Um, yeah. But this is going to be really the sports story in the state of Michigan, other than other personnel changes in in various leagues. Speaking of which, yes, let's talk about some former Spartans. Yeah. Well, I guess I guess you're always a Spartan, but Kirk Cousins, Jack Conklin, making big news. Give me the deets, Greg. Mm. I don't have them here, but Kirk Cousins got a two-year extension, and Jack Conklin going off to the Browns. Yeah, that I, one think, I do have the deets for. Yeah, what is it? Forty-two million over three years with twenty million in the first year, and thirty million fully guaranteed. So Jack Conklin, Ooh, getting former paid. walk-on, got his bread. Uh, we're happy for him. Um, yeah, kudos to you, brother. Kudos yeah, to you. Formerly seventh overall pick, right? So mm-hmm, he got paid mm-hmm. up front, and now he's getting paid now. So Jack Conklin, I mean, the Browns. Uh, remember last season when everyone thought the Browns might be on the come up? Um, and then you remember they're the Browns? They're still the Browns. So regardless, though, Kirk, Jack, uh, you know, keep MSU uh, in the back of your mind there. Uh, I have a yeah. feeling that, uh, when Kirk was asked to be the, uh, 
commencement speaker a couple of years ago now, um, MSU was probably keeping your contract in the back of its mind. So <laughs> yeah. uh, keep keep MSU in the back of your mind now. Um, yeah, you're coming to graduation. You should leave a graduation check. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Gift for the university. Gift for the school. Yeah. So shall we move on to Twitter questions? Yeah, but first, uh, I think you've got a not a sponsor that uh, we need to hear from. We do. We've got a not a sponsor that we have to hear from. Uh, because this week's episode of Can't Read, Can't Write is not brought to you by MailChimp, who is out here to help local t-shirt companies, Etsy trinket sellers, and the like, reach out to their vast but outdated email <laughs> list. So they can notify people who bought one thing from them in 2014 what their individual COVID-19 response plans are. MailChimp is here to deliver important information to customers that have completely forgotten about you as a vendor and will immediately be searching for the unsubscribe button and link. So thank you, MailChimp, for the email pollution and your not a partnership this week as we all find out how many companies have our personal contact information. Oh, MailChimp, thank you so much. And I also want to say a thanks before we get started on our Twitter questions to our awesome listeners. Mm-hmm. Um, this is, you know, we sort of have been batting around ideas about how to fill some time, you know, how to keep things engaging. And you guys showed up with great questions this week. Um, and we're going to start, you know, tearing into them here in a second. But if anything about not having sports, I, I would just like to say having you all be involved, uh, and I hope you all feel this too makes this a lot more fun and we can all kind of get through this together. So that's my sappy moment at the beginning. That was beautiful. That was beautiful. <laughs> we, we appreciate the listeners and it, it, it seems like the listeners, they appreciate us. Maybe. Um, though it so, sounds like mostly me. Um, <laughs> indeed. of course. <laughs> uh, so first up, uh, John Hubbard. And, uh, I think this is a spot on question who cracks first. <laughs> Jonesy or Greg? Well, I'm glad this isn't a YouTube uh, podcast because you would see the state of the room behind me. <laughs> uh, there's like smashed furniture. There's paint on the walls. Like uh, I got strep over here, man. I'm in yeah. I'm in quarantine. It's bad. It's bad. <laughs> it's real bad. I I think it, we're as a family discussing running for the hills slash heading to my in laws' place for a while while this blows over. Uh. I don't know, man. The, but from a no sports perspective, I don't know. Because this this is the first year having the podcast where, I don't know about you, Greg, but I feel like I have to be paying attention. Mm-hmm. That in some way it's a, you know, it's not a job in the sense that I mind doing it, but like that I feel an obligation to. And not having that, not having something to pay attention to, I think will be a challenge. Sure. I mean, there's a hole now. There's a hole where your sports heart was. Yes. A big gaping hole that now we have to fill with John's second question. Can't read, can't write after dark. All right. Um, what kind of esoteric topics can we expect on the show as you inevitably run out of sports to talk about? As a follow-up, uh, he also asked, should basketball, college basketball consider any of these changes in a post-corona world and link to the North Korean rules on basketball, which are... Amazing. Yes. So these make the rounds every once in a while, and they're always fantastic. Um, North Korean basketball rules. Is like XFL (laughs) took over basketball. 
Yes. Uh, in in North Korea, a slam dunk is worth three points, and a three Match. pointer that doesn't that doesn't touch the rim becomes a four pointer. And any basket made in the last three seconds is worth eight points. So things are bananas at the end of games. Um, I I've always liked this because like, what is the definition of a slam dunk? Like, do you have to put it down with authority, or does the great leader get to decide and make a judgment on every one of them? Like, it's great. Uh, it's fantastic. I'd love to see this tried. Um, and uh and yeah north korean basketball uh i bet they're gonna destroy the olympics um if those actually end up happening i feel like if if you were going up against a good shooter there's some incentive to just goaltend Mm -hmm. all the time you don't want to deal with that swish action right Mm -hmm. and in the last three seconds like imagine if you took a shot with three minutes with with like 3.5 seconds left idiot Oh my god. <laughs> Idiot. Hold on to the ball for 0.5 more seconds, you dope. God. <laughs> that could have been an 8-pointer. An 8-pointer. So, anyway, we can discuss this. This is good for next week. Um, North Korea always good for a laugh. Um, maybe we'll add like a beer pong strategy session to the podcast if we're talking sort of esoteric topics. I don't I don't know. Yeah. Um, next up, Susan, just Susie Q Mama Maple wants Leaf. To, Mama Maple Leaf wants to know, is it interesting enough to comprise a bracket with sports movies in each week with fan weigh in, whittle it down or as in bracket form, whittle up for the winner movies. You would be weighted higher if they have an MSU connection or something green, green about it. it. They have a green motif. Hey, you know what? I, I'm going to let you handle this question. You go ahead. Uh, I, I, you know, maybe we could, uh, maybe there's something we could consider long term. Uh, if indeed society does break down and, uh, we need to hearken back to remember all of the great sports movies, I'd almost rather survivor them where we like vote them off, you know? Ooh, yes. Over time. But, um, but that also means, I think if that is to work, we need to do it. I know there are some podcasts that like, will watch a movie over and over and over and over again. Mm. That means that each week you have to rewatch the same movies and find which one <laughs> keeps your interest still, mm. even though you had to, you just watched it. Okay. I think we're all about to have a lot of time on our hands, but I'm not <laughs> sure about that much time. So yeah. on to her second question, start at a sweet 16, then do another bracket later with top MSU Spartan athletes of all time. And yes, I realize that Mr. Jones will have number five for the winner. Not referring to these Spartans, though. Uh, other number fives. Other number fives. Oh, uh, wait. She is so mistaken. You, you read them off. Uh, uh, what's his name? Thomas. Um, Devin Courtney Thomas. Hawkins. Courtney Hawkins. Andrew Dell. And, of course, Drew Stanton. So, Mama Maple Leaf, you... <laughs> Kevin, do you do you want to correct the record here on Drew Stanton? I mean, Drew correct? Stanton is our is our top five of all time. But I think she's talking about Cassius. Isn't Cassius number five? Yeah, no, uh, she's saying that she thinks that I uh, and I do love me some Cassius. But uh, did we tell the story about the wall in our apartment? Well, let's move on. Um, no. <laughs> top number fives of all time are Cassius and Drew Stanton. I mean, duh. 
the but, the five looks like an S. So it's it should be held for our finest student athletes. And I think it it has been uh over time. So let's just say we have an interesting pitch for how much we like Drew Stanton to try and get him on the show sometime. Yeah, we'll uh we'll <laughs> discuss that if we ever Later. get the Papa Bear on the on the podcast. <laughs> So embarrassing. All right. So you're like Tom with a related question. What's your favorite alternative bracket? Suggestions include best beer, March mammal madness, etc. Also, I think arguing about these brackets would be excellent content, especially if you all have a few pops. Yeah, I think um, I think uh, that's dad pops. That's those are Papa pops. Uh, can, are there enough alternate brackets that we can bracket the brackets? I yes, I think. <laughs> I think we should bracket the brackets, which means parentheticals in the bracket. I mean, we've just got bracket inception. And uh, now I've just angered some listeners because that's misusing the word inception. Um, <laughs> so uh, that gets back to the movie somehow. So I, I would like if we can get at least 16 alternate brackets, I'd be on board for bracketing the brackets. Yes, I that would be. Um, yeah. Well, I've already seen a handful of them. Perfect. We, we've got two there. We, we saw the T-Swift one earlier in the week. If you're out there and you know of a bracket, send That's it to reasonably us. good. Yep. Um, all right. Raymond Chains, who I want to give a, uh, a special apology to for missing last week. He asked some great questions that happen to have been evergreen mm-hmm. uh, for the most part. So... Uh, Raymond's got a longer segment here because he brought awesome questions two weeks in a row. And uh, so want to give an apology for missing last week on the pod. Appreciate you, Raymond. Yes. Uh, So Raymond first asks, when has Tucker had success as a coach? I see that he's a media darling and and good at climbing the ladder. But where's the beef? Where's the beef? Uh, I think it's I mean, it's safe to say mostly at the coordinator level. Right. And mostly with the programs that he's been with before. Um, There are. Bears listeners out there that are having another little temporary meltdown right now because he did their, not have their success head is twitching <laughs> in Chicago. Um, as a head coach, though, I I think you could point at what happened in Colorado in a year and extrapolate that. Uh, but most of his success has been as a defensive coordinator and simply by association with other programs that have had success. Um, there's a lot of assumptions about, you know, Nick Saban, bring him aboard three times and, and those I make that assumption. Yeah. So, uh, it is, I mean, Raymond, I, I think it's fair to question. I mean, this is not a known head coaching commodity quite yet, but, but has a lot of potential there. Yep. You know, running one side of the ball, he's, he's won a natty. Mm-hmm. So there's that. And um, it's similar to Mark D'Antonio. Yeah, honestly, he, he's, if if he had spent a few more years at Colorado, sure, you would have had a larger sample size to play with, but it would have been in a harder conference uh, at the at the time than what Mark D'Antonio was in. I mean, Cincinnati's conference has actually gotten much more respectable, but um, <clears throat> the. You know, if you had two, three more years of him at CU, you may well have seen a very similar resume to Mark D'Antonio. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Mark went seven and five uh, his first year at Cincinnati. 
But again, you know, as much as we think the Pac-12 is a joke, it it's not a group of five conference. Like, it's still a harder conference to play in. So, yeah. You're the baseball guy, so I got you on this next one. Uh, from Raymond Chains, if you were part of a disgraced Texas ball club, would you take the occasional bean ball as part of your lumps, or would you charge the mound? Um, I think it depends on who it's from, is I guess what I would say. And I think you got to get you. You should probably you should probably circle a date on the calendar, accept your licks, and say after this, no more. And and maybe that day is after you played your division. Like once you've played every opponent in your division, you're like no more. But that's uh, at, at some point in time. No more. I mean, <clears throat> you would set that date late because uh, you take more than the occasional beam ball. But anyway, should major sporting events be canceled in light of the virus in the air? Uh, Newsflash, news- Raymond. <laughs> Raymond, uh, I know that this is from a week and a half ago now, but um, you called it, my man. Yes. <laughs> uh, Raymond Chains asks, who are you guys? I gather one of you is a lawyer and both are alumni. One of you is in Michigan and the other is in American Samoa, which was topical at the time uh, that he asked this question. That was when American Samoa was having his having its primary back when those happened, too. Um, we've we've given some background. Uh, we're just two dudes and we're having a good time, having a good time, having a good time. Anything else that you want to elaborate on? Uh, want to emphasize former lawyer. Yep. Um, and we, I guess it'd be fair to say we actually have known each other a shockingly long time. Yeah, dude. But got close in college. Mm-hmm. Fair to say. Yeah. Um, we're roommates there, and uh, <clears throat> now I live in New Jersey, not American Samoa. And um, I wish I lived in East Lansing. <laughs> yeah. But well, um, it, yeah. I, I don't know. We're yeah, we're sadly just two dudes um who maybe pay a little bit too much attention and uh like attention too much. Yeah. That's so. quite the combo. <laughs> yeah. Um all right, next up. After consulting your connections in the intelligence community, please tell me when sports will resume. If you don't mind, Greg, I'm gonna raise my hand and take this one. Yep. So uh Raymond, if you didn't happen to listen to the episode that Alex Plum was on, uh I would replug that episode because I thought it was a really good one, even though at the time we were still sort of in uh, no fans mode, uh, but events would go on. But Alex is a public health official who, among other things, works on community outreach for public health initiatives for a hospital system in the metro Detroit area. So Needless to say, he's reading a ton right now, is really plugged in on, on, on treatment and, and, and getting people to do the right things in this moment. And he, I chatted with him earlier today, and this is by no means gospel, but seemed to believe that the, the curve will probably flatten by May um, and that we will start seeing a return to normalcy around then uh, and that football should go on as scheduled. Though did caution that if we don't take initiative as a nation, and you know, and that is to say that we don't have 
the right leadership, the, the appropriate kind of leadership on, on getting ready for a resurgence of the virus, which is a real thing that can happen, watch out in October. Because this virus is here and it's and it's living here, and so we got to be we got to be ready um, and and sort of stay vigilant, keep up our good health habits, and um, hopefully we play a full season of football. Yeah. So, um, next question: Boozy, bougie, boob college students <laughs> should be locked out of nightclubs and all aspects of in real life Spartan Nation indefinitely. Agree or no? Well, the world seems to agree because all that stuff <laughs> is locked out. Yeah, uh, this just goes to show how quickly all of this happened because this was actually from this week. <laughs> this yeah, that was from two days ago. Yeah. Um, <laughs> no, and and again, Raymond, I would say it, this is real rough, and um, you know, I I I think a lot of us are feeling a degree of pressure right now in in a variety of forms. You know, I'm looking at challenges of childcare, um, and and I have some luxury in you know being able to work from home. But though anyone who has like a 16 month will tell you it's not real working if the child's there. Um, Productivity is going to take a hit. Yeah. So but but do know that as all of these places are closing, that those are people who are losing their livelihoods. And, uh, you know, uh, we need to be as neighborly as possible. So if you got friends, you got family, whatever, we all we all got to do what we can do to help our people out in our lives. So. That's all I on, on that note from Raymond Chains, would you support the reintroduction of dueling? Um, dueling killed my favorite founding father in the <laughs> state that I currently reside in. So, no, I kind of like it because it's got built in social distancing. You know, it's like social <laughs> distancing for blood sport. <laughs> it's a kumite of social distancing. <laughs> Indeed. Um, Raymond also says, I watched the Democratic debate and may subscribe to WWE. Will I get my fix that way? Uh, Greg, you, you go ahead. We haven't talked about politics much. I watched it last night, too. Got about as feisty as the WWE at times. They got chirpy. A, 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 geri- a geriatric WWE? Yeah. I mean, those two guys. Uh, can you imagine one of them hitting another with the chair? That, I mean, it'd be, <laughs> it would just be a pathetic display. Um <laughs> The, the attempt to heave it over their head. <laughs> yeah. Uh, like, they can't even fully lift their arms to point at one another. So, uh... <laughs> All right, next up, CT and TC, our favorite troll. This is a really good question, Greg. Um, it, well, it's it's kind of an annoying asshole question, but it is a, a tough one. It's a Jack Ebling-esque question, if you will. If you had to give up two past MSU Final Fours, or they never happened, for this year's tournament to happen, would you? And if so, which would you choose? Which uh, Final Fours? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I would. Um, I would take, there was a back-to-back year, was it 11-12, or was it 9-10? and 10? We'll take one of those, and then we'll take one of the three from the early 2000s uh and uh and we'll play the tournament that'll be msu giveth of its final four so that the whole nation can have its tournament and uh i mean i you would give them up for a shot at the national championship right this team has a chance to play for a national championship or did uh so yeah i wouldn't even hesitate yeah i i i I think so i mean you know as as much as 
we get flack for hanging our you know hats on final fours um <clears throat> if it meant we gave up two to at least have another one <laughs> that's a no-brainer um because I, I wasn't ready for the season to end mm-hmm. so um next question from ct and tc what is something you guys can do faster than most people i think most people know the answer for Grek, but let's see if he has uh, something something else he wants to share. Uh, it's not answer Twitter questions. <laughs> speed through these. Some of these, I don't know about some of these. Uh, what do you, what, what do you what do you uh, what do you want to say about yourself, Michael Jones? Um, I don't know, man. Uh, probably run a forty faster than him. I don't know. But most people, I don't know. Um it, here's here's what I can do. Uh I can I can reach a higher score in golf faster than most people. There you go. Um last question from CT and TC is thoughts on Rick Patino coming back. This is timely and I think a good question. We we would have done this off Grand River if it weren't for this question. Yep. Rick Patino back. Back in college basketball with the Iona Gagels. You want to give some some context on for those who might not know about Rick Pitino? Uh, well, speaking of guys that can do things faster than most people, Rick Pitino <laughs> uh, was uh, asked to leave college basketball after a scandal. Uh, well, several. He had one involving recruits uh, and madams. Uh, that didn't cost him his job, but later another <laughs> did. Uh, involving payments to prospects uh, that he claimed that he had no knowledge of. He had no knowledge of a lot of things. Uh, but now he's back playing or being the head coach for the Iona Gales men's basketball team in the Metro Atlantic Athletic Conference. Um, and I, I mean, a lifetime ban seems ridiculous, but also Iona, do better. Do better than yeah. this, my man. I, you know, I would also say that um, it, Rick Pitino's been back for a while. Uh, longtime listeners might remember that he's had an event planning company mm-hmm. that has successfully put on events in Lawrence, Kansas, or Lawrenceville. Lawrence, Lawrence, Kansas? Lawrence, Kansas. Right? Back me up. Sure. Yeah. All right. <clears throat> anyway, Rick Pitino's been making his, his scratch for a while. Um, through really high class events. And so, you know, I, I'm curious to see what his sort of midnight madness is. And if, if, how long is that Iona? Cause I don't, I don't think any serious program is going to take him back. Right. Well, that's his plan. I mean, this is just foot in the door. Yeah. Um, so as soon as someone else calls, he's gone. Uh, but do you think anyone else calls? Yeah. I think as soon as Iona God. takes the heat for it, and people get used to him being back in college basketball, he'll weasel his way back into other programs. He's just Calipari who doesn't know when to leave. Like, I mean, that's been Calipari's thing, is that he's always gotten out before the the shoe dropped. Anyway, let's keep moving through these. Nate C. bringing some real interesting ones here. (laughs) Who would win in a physical altercation between you and Graham Couch? And what would have started the fight? Uh, Graham responded to this. 
I have short arms and a glass jaw, but I'm heavy, so if I get some momentum going, you never know. <laughs> this is the closest I think we'll probably ever get to having Graham Couch on the pod, though. Uh, I don't know. Folks are about to get bored, man. Things and, can happen. And and Graham uh, apparently is setting himself up for, you know, the cameo thing mm-hmm. where you can pay people to say things for you. Yeah. So I am I'm certain we will spend a couple of our Frasier's dollars to get Graham to plug our podcast because <laughs> that would give me so much joy. Indeed. Uh, who would win in a physical inter- altercation and what would have started it? Of course, you know, we would have taken issue with, you know, one of his three quick takes of some kind. Um, and, well, you know, he would have escalated the situation, of course, as as he's known to do. And then we would have done like a Laurel and Hardy routine, uh, basically, of like, womp, rip, bang. What? Like what physical are you saying? comedy. Uh, uh, I think be a good time. because you have that three-star recruit uh, body mm-hmm. uh, with your long Marcus Bingham arms, uh, I, think, I think you hit that glass jaw. And honestly, I'm going to be, because, you know, I, I don't have that three-star body. Um, I got that five star looks though. I'm gonna just be sort of doing the chair behind him. You know, I'm gonna mm. get down on all fours. You hit that glass jaw, <laughs> he falls right over me. That's our strategy. That's great. And um, I think it's gonna be because uh, Graham has yet to uh put out that worst takes column that he's been promising for like eight years now, <laughs> and it's probably because every day he adds to it. Burn. All right. Next up, Nate C. What? Which at-home physical activity is your favorite? Um, and it I like sounds a like calisthenic, he, Michael. Yeah, I think he meant workout stuff. What's your workout thing, Kevin? What you tell me? You got that beach body? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I like. I like to do a nice. Uh, I like to do a nice morning stretch. What about you? Um, I'm a big fan of. Uh, I got a little uh, little iron gym. You know the uh, the pull-up bar. Oh, yeah. So, um, pull up like bar do... on the door jam, one of those yeah. things. Mm-hmm. Nice. Mm-hmm. I like to do some little pull ups. Very good. Um, next from Nate C. What happened to COVID 1 through 18? Nate, I asked about this today because I did not know. Ends up being 19 is the year that the disease came into existence. They put a lot of thought into that one for you, Nate. Yeah, apparently there's a whole field of like uh, uh, virology, um, uh, etymology. But we already talked about law for 20 minutes, so we'll move yeah, on. <laughs> yes. Uh, why did you guys decide to make a podcast? Kevin, I don't know. Why did we decide to make a well, podcast? Well, we decided that the MSU sports podcast market was not already saturated enough and it needed <laughs> two more voices in it. Um. Uh, that was about the extent of it. We wanted, you know, we're two, we're two good pals. We're miles apart, but we still wanted to talk sports every week. So Mike said, how'd you like to start a podcast? And I didn't realize how much work podcasts were. And I thought, <laughs> that's a grand idea, Michael. And now here we are. I think we're closing in on 30 episodes. So Yeah, I think this is 28. Boom. Uh, so we're about to I- do a green room 30 episode celebration. <laughs> Get excited, everyone. <laughs> uh, I do think part of it was two things that, that sort of drove the the hubris of starting a podcast, if you will. One is 
it was like late July, early August, and there's just no content to be had because there's no news. And so we're like, why don't we just make some? Um, and then we took months to start our podcast Indeed. after that. But the other thing is, was a recognition that the people that we were turning to for news about football in particular didn't necessarily know any more than we did. Um, you, they, certainly they have more access than we do, but football is notoriously low access. And, you know, in, in, in sort of the columnist world, they're not necessarily X's and O's guys either. And not that we are, but that you weren't getting a lot of that sort of, you know, you get a lot more like feelings. And so we thought we might just police some of the takes that were a little reactionary. And that was the original idea. And it's just kind of turned into what it is. So yep, we did a little pivot. Yeah. Um, <laughs> next, are you a shark or Dyson guy? I used to sell these things. Dyson's are superior, but sharks have effectively uh, ripped off their IP and are a much lower price point. So is that true? Sharks yeah. like the the Dyson like the spinny thing. I, no, I mean not. It, it's not that spot on. But uh, if if budget is no concern, buy a Dyson. If budget is a concern, a Shark is a very good vacuum. So that's what I would say. Great, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, <laughs> we're really Nate. What kind of questions are you asking? Next up from <laughs> Nate: Do you like cars slash Jeeps, and what do you I got drive? Or the the one brand? Uh, do you like cars or Jeeps? <laughs> I mean, they're fine. They get me where I need to go. I drive a Subaru Crosstrek XV hatchback thingy. It It's fine. I, I've come to like Subarus. Wait, you've got to... All right, so we're in different states. We've known each other for a long time, but I've never seen Jonesy's car. You got the hot hatch too? I got the Mazda 3, which Ooh. you've seen. Are we both in hot hatches right now? That's so hot, baby. It's actually... It, it's a car that looks like it has more room than it does. Look at Nate's my experience. We're discovering things about one another. Thanks to Nate's questions that thanks, we Nate. initially laughed off. I've no. learned my lesson. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna laugh off this next question. <laughs> How many dogs do you own? <laughs> what are their names or breeds? I like that the the assumption of this question is we have dogs. Yeah. That is the underlying assumption about it. Greg, tell me the names and breeds of your dogs. Nate, I resent this question. I'll explain why. My wife won't shut up about getting a dog. <laughs> And now she's going to listen to this, and now I'm going to have to deal with it, and we're not getting a dog. So we own no dogs, we own no breeds, and they have no names. Uh, but now I'm going to have to have this discussion again. So I can't wait to brainstorm names for another hour or whatever it's going to take. Jonesy, what's up? What do you, what do you got? You also I, got nothing over there. I own a child, uh, and that is more than enough work in its own right yeah um, but a plus, boy needs a dog blake now, needs a dog to guide well, him through life as you know my folks had the most wonderful dog in the entire world indeed and uh even if we had the capacity to get a dog i, I don't know that i'm emotionally there yet like and she wasn't even my dog but she was that great yeah um so not to take the somber but uh miss you macy love indeed. you she was, uh, she was she was the best um 
anyway, have you ever been bitten by a wild animal, dangerous insect, or spider? Nate, we're gonna... <laughs> Nate, Nate, I'm giving Nate the crown for best questions this week. I've come all the way around on Nate. These are amazing. We've um, learned, uh, we learned about vacuums. We learned about each other's cars. I have to deal with the dog thing that I'm not thrilled about. But now, if I find out that you've been bitten by a wild animal, I'm going to lose it. Well, no, I've not. Uh, I'm sure I've been bitten by a spider at some point in time, but not necessarily dangerous. Um, though, uh, Nate, I, you know, uh, barring the closure of the national parks, I will be backpacking the Grand Canyon for five days in April. So... So he'll answer this question when he gets back. Yeah, wish me luck on not having an answer. Um, you got anything to add? Are we good? No, I'm pretty boring in the animal bite uh, <laughs> sphere of things. Um, all right, next up, long time, uh, but it's been a long time since we've heard from him. Yeah. Dom. Dom, uh, he, was, he was one of our earliest proponents. We yeah. appreciate you, Dom. Yeah, welcome back, buddy. And his question is... What question do you want me to answer on Twitter.com? And Dom, I think the question you need to answer is, when are you coming on the pod? Or, or <laughs> sub-question, now that everyone's sold off their 401ks and brokerage accounts, what, uh, you know, what, what uh, coins should we be putting all of this ec- extra liquid funding into? <laughs> that would be yeah. my top concern. I'm looking yep. to hedge right now, Dom. So what do I do and- with all this cash? Dom, I want a coin that's both available in the the crypto and available in D&D. That's what I'm looking for. I want something that's a crossover coin. Crossover coins only. Is Dom also a D&D guy? No. It's just, I mean, just crypto coins have the weirdest freaking names. Oh. Um, Taylor Anderson, who uh, has signed up to be our historian, by the way. That's and nice. And I, I said, Yes. Great. So uh, I think by historian, he means researcher. So we should maybe start <laughs> unloading outlines. Throwing him just really esoteric questions. And like my uh, my idea of doing a bracket of just MSU teams that have made the, the, the tournament to, that, to go against each other. That's your first uh, assignment there, <laughs> Taylor Anderson. Um, but Taylor wants to know, favorite books slash movies to reread or watch while isolating yourself? Um, you go first. Although you did this last week, did I? I think so. Uh, all right. Well, um, so Taylor, I would say uh, I I will turn to uh, a good sort of uh, popcorn book. Um, they're dumb. I they're not complicated, but I like the Jack Ryan books, and um, you know they're easy reading. Um. In terms of rewatching movies, I'm not really like I will re-binge a show, but uh, movies I'm a little weird on. I just rewatched all the John Wick movies though. That was fun. How about you? Uh god. Uh I need some good books. Um like uh, uh, I I kind of want to go do The Man in the High Castle and that whole series. I'm not sure if i'm going to be able to do that though um the time travel like which i thought was a weird departure yeah Did not see that coming um i mean there's just so much stuff that's about to be 
uh, adapted into film and TV, like miniseries are taking over so many books that I've wanted to read um, that I just want to get done in advance. Um, we should put together a reading list. We should start a Can't Read, Can't Read book club. Yeah, that'll get people books. <laughs> Known for being very popular still with our addled minds. Uh, but I, I do want to read the His Dark Materials um, series. Okay. All right. Anyway. Speaking of things that have been adapted. Yeah. Or currently that's, adapted. That's, what, that's how it gets me sucked in. Uh, Jer Bear asks, is it okay? Oh, wait. Sorry. Missed one from Taylor Anderson. Uh, favorite non-marquee sport? Non-marquee sport. Let's go curling. I'm going to go with that Canadian flavor. Uh, mine is beer pong. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> I suppose it would be. <laughs> Uh, Jerber asks, is it okay for me to be raging mad about this? Or rather, is it okay to be raging mad about this? He doesn't ask about himself. Uh, I mean, yes. I think well, it is. Mad? What are you mad at, is my, is my question. Are you sad? Frustrated? Upset? Yeah, those emotions, but mad... You got to be mad at something. I don't know. You can be raging mad at people who don't appreciate the severity of the coronavirus. You got Jer, something else? Jer, feel your feels, man. Um, no, we're here to tell people how to feel. That's, feel your that's feel. our job. I'm going to tell you to feel your feel. That's that's what I'm going to tell you to do. Um. I think there's elements that you can be mad about for sure. You can be mad about missing out on all the sports. You can be mad about the, you know, inconveniences of things. The problem is that those have to wane. Uh, otherwise you're in trouble. There are other things that you can be mad about. You can be mad about how, how this situation got as far as it did and how certain precautions weren't taken before things got months ago yeah how people aren't getting tested those are the things that i'm mad mad about like a like a seething low level mad uh that will be dialed up once uh we have everything has been handled and we can switch our focus um that's what i'm truly mad about um then that might get dialed up prematurely if folks I know start getting sick and I, I have those types of issues. So that's what I'm truly mad about. Um, but it's also okay to be upset about your daily inconveniences and loss of things that you enjoy doing. Yeah. I, I guess I'm mad that um, there uh, at times is no milk in my town. And... Uh, when you have a 16-month-old, that's a pretty big freaking deal. Hmm. So, hey, hoarders, chill. I mean, <laughs> that's all I would add. The milk doesn't even stay. Like, the toilet paper, at least, is good forever. But the milk, like, what are you going to do with 10 gallons of milk? Are you going to start just drinking milk, like, a lot faster and, all of a sudden? And, and, you know, for it to all be gone it, it implies to me that someone was like, oh, I got to go to the grocery store. I got to buy things. You know, uh, what do we need in the house? We don't normally have milk, but we should probably have some milk in the fridge. Now we should. <laughs> yeah, stop. Just all right. I mean, I don't need to get raged up because we 
have someone to celebrate here. And you know what? I think even though we've hit the magical mark of when this episode normally uh, ends, we want to take some time to appreciate the Upper Deck Jerk Guy. Because you know what? We treat you better than all the other podcasts. We do. So, the Upper Deck Jerk Guy says, what beer that you think I haven't tried should I try? I've got one for you. I'm drinking one right now. The Ellison Brewing Company Tiramisu Stout. I think I've mentioned it before on the podcast, but if you haven't been up to East Lansing and you haven't been in to Allison Brewing, stop by. They've got some great stuff, including the tiramisu stout. Um, I would say um, if you have not tried, and I don't know that it's available out by you, uh, Yards Brewing Company, which is a Philadelphia-based uh, brew company, mm. has the Philadelphia Pale Ale. I think it is a fantastic pale ale that's a good go-to. You want a nice craft beer, but without it being inaccessible, uh, mm-hmm. sort of in a – you can drink a few of them, and it's it's a good sort of take-that-on-draft kind of beer. I'm looking um, at, the, uh, at the, the art here on the can, and I'm not recognizing this, so – you know what we should do as as a thing is we should you should identify the beer store near you that has the best selection, and uh, we should tell people to uh, to send in some some choices for us over the next few months that are available in that store. Were you talking to me? <laughs> talking to me personally? Yeah, like you would say, all right, you know, here's the 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 place near me that has the best, you know, widest beer selection. It's either going to be Horrocks if we're going to extend it out to what might be near me or Odie's, which doesn't really go by Odie's anymore. It just goes by big 10 and has, uh, human figures painted on the outside of the building that are grossly disproportionate. I don't know who they commissioned for those portraits, but, um, those poor people have to be put out of their misery. In those, in those paintings. <laughs> They're like truly awful. All but, right. Next question. <laughs> this is Grecky's fault, isn't it? It is. It is. You got me, Upper Deck Jerk Guy. I appreciate his commitment to the bit, by the way. <laughs> Just refusing to spell your name right. Um, next question. Who will be the starting QB or starting middle linebacker? Uh, God, that's a great question. I, I think you, I think you take what you know. I'm going to guess it's Rocky Lombardi just because there's no indication otherwise. Yeah. Um, and what does this do for the old transfer portal, man? Do we even remember that there's a transfer portal out there right now? Yeah. If they can get out of it, you know? COVID-19. Um, I'm going uh, I'm going to go Peyton Thorne. I, I'm going to gamble here. Um, no, I'm going Theo Day. I think they're playing three-dimensional chess here. They want someone who's uh, junior enough that they've got some time, but that they can bring in a big-time recruit who will definitely get playing time. Um, starting middle linebacker, I think it ends up being Noah Harvey. Yeah. Our guy Noah. He, he yeah. took us through in the fall. Ride yeah. that. Um, also, speaking of the transfer portal, apparently Harvard's point guard is uh, available now as a grad transfer. Great. Um, 
just dude put up some impressive numbers anyway next up from the upper deck jerk guy uh should i learn krav maga i'm gonna go ahead and say uh, upper deck jerk guy you should probably take a beat on that one um just my understanding of uh krav maga a lot of touching yeah, a lot of touching, a lot Rabble. of mats that don't get necessarily cleaned as regularly as they should be. Um, stay away from that for right now. But, you know, afterwards, by all means, go for it. Um, thinking about changing my name, what should I change it to? I think the answer is obvious. Grecky postulate. <laughs> Hi, how are you? I'm the Grecky postulate. I, I assume he meant his Twitter handle, but maybe he means his real name. Um, in which case, uh, I'm going to go ahead and say Cassius or maybe Julius. I like Julius. I would change my real name to the lower deck. Genuinely nice gentleman. Someone's been doing that bit on couch in the room that you can't replicate that here. Wait, what? Yeah. Really? So, someone's been sending in Twitter questions under that username. Not a oh. fan. You 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 just played into it. That's basic. You're better than that, Greg. Oh man. Oh, I, I was on the spot. I was on, I was on the spot. All, All right. right. Next next question that I think actually we have potentially a really good answer to. Oh my god. Are we gonna do it? Hold I, on. I think... Hold on. So the next question is: Do you know any good backyard wrestling streams? And Upper Deck Jerk Guy, can we can we say? Yeah, absolutely. We're going for right. it. So, Greg and I, when we lived on Delta Street, had a roommate named Lou. I don't know what his his you know stage name is. Lewis Linden is his stage name. He goes by Lewis. Yep. Come Come on. Yes. Listen, come on. This is on you for not already knowing this. Oh my god. Lewis okay. Linden is his stage name, and his Twitter handle is at Lewis Linden31. L-O-U-I-S-L-Y-N-D-O-N 31. And uh he will show you the way of backyard wrestling. Follow him on Twitter. Follow our guy Lou. One he was of on MTV too, right? He was. He was on Lucha Libre USA as uh the san juan kid uh or no he was the puerto rican flyer pardon me uh yeah our backyard wrestler uh can't read can't write signature backyard wrestler lewis london roommates Uh, with him and we 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 genuinely love lou nicest dude in the world hilarious in his own right um and and this is what he does and a wrestler yeah and a wrestler backyard wrestler um next up from the upper deck jerk guy when does football start i think we answered that i think it starts on schedule i will be curious to see if the ncaa allots some practice times for people if they just tack on um in the fall if they add maybe optional workouts in the summer you know when you kind of air quote optional because the kids probably aren't going to miss them um but I, I do I do think football starts at normal. The the question being, what are they going to do to add practice time? Because MSU is at a severe disadvantage right now, an absolute disadvantage because new coach doesn't know the players. Um, so you know, there's got to be some extra evaluation time uh, allotted for them because otherwise it's real weird, right? Going into fall camp with not knowing your players at all having never worked with them one-on-one. 
Hmm. You there, Kevin? I'm here. Yeah, I, right. you had it. So now that Dead there's airs. no sports, Upper Deck Jerk Guy, uh, now that there's no sports, how about becoming a Westworld podcast, Jonesy? What do you think? Pass. What Pass. Would, I watched the first season. I decided not to watch the second season. Uh, as far as I'm aware, I haven't been told that was a huge mistake. Um, maybe. Dude, we're all about to get locked up for a long time. What would the the Westworld derivative of can't read, can't write be called? Like, can't feel, can't be alive? I I don't know. I, yeah. I don't know what it would be. We'll, we'll, we'll workshop it. Yeah. It's perfect. Um, all right, with that, uh, we are out of Twitter questions and out of content to provide. And somehow this episode ran long. Um, but do want to give a sincere thanks to our listeners for for giving us um, some fantastic Twitter questions. And if you happen to have been inspired by anything here that you think we should make a deeper dive on, again, uh, you can reach us at Spartan underscore pod on Twitter or can't read, can't write 1855 at gmail.com, which my mother was like, thank you for sharing that email address so that I can give you guys notes. That was a real thing she said to me. Uh, so, yeah. Which is great because she knows how to get in touch with both of us. So yes, she does not need the Gmail, but yeah, okay. She, she has our numbers anyway. Um, but yes, thank you all, and thanks for tuning in to a, another episode of Can't Read, Can't Write. And as always, even without sports, Kevin, go green. Go away, Jonesy.